the Titans, the Mount Rushmore players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see Giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Okay, so welcome back to No Butts About It. We are here with Chuss, who is in his basement in Pittsburgh. I am in a dining room in Indiana. The rookie, Jonathan Avocado, is in, I believe, Steubenville, Ohio, along with Stan the Jet Fan, who is also in Steubenville, Ohio. Though they are not together, they are within a block of each other. So, the big uh, city. The same city. So. City. If they get mad at each other after this discussion, they can go hash it out um, like men. We, <laughs> we are going to lead the discussion with a trade that happened a little bit ago, but we finally got our guys all together. We got all of our guys together here, and uh, that was a bit difficult. But Denzel Mims, he was on the New York Jets. And now he's not on the New York Jets, but he is on Avocado's favorite team, the Detroit Lions. So I guess let's just uh, start off with Avocado. Do you know anything about Denzel Mims? Have you researched him at all? Yeah, so I actually had to do a little bit of research on this guy because, you know, the rookie is still learning. And he wasn't a big name from what I heard. But based on what I've researched about him, you know, solid individual. He is 6'3", 25, not too bad for a wide receiver specifically. And he was a second-round pick back in the day. So I think the guy has potential, though he's kind of gone under the radar lately because he hasn't been getting a lot of playing time and, man, he's hungry. He's dying full of hunger to play, I believe. Now, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. He even once asked to be on special teams because he wanted that playing time. But unfortunately, now we get to the day where, you know, the Jets were hoping to get rid of him. And out of nowhere, the Lions come and swoop. And the, I think on both the Jets' perspective and the Lions' perspective, it's a good move for both people. On the Jets' perspective, Stan, I don't know how you'll feel about this, but Jets weren't going to play him anyway, but now they're able to get a few picks out of him. And for the Lions, if we remember earlier in the summer, Jamison Williams got suspended due to gambling. And so the Lions were getting desperate. Of course, Williams is only suspended for six games, I believe. But now they have somebody to be able to cover him. And Mims could produce early and possibly be in contention for a position with Jamison Williams. Whether that happens or not, I think he should take advantage of it of this opportunity because he wanted, like I said earlier, he wanted to start. He was very hungry 
to get playing time, and he just wasn't going to get that from the Jets. And now he's, um, you know, not in an overrated team, not a very under, not super underrated team. Like they're in the middle. So he could possibly take advantage of the situation or it could just go down the drain. So it's very exciting to see this season, especially those six games where Jameson isn't around to kind of breathe down his neck about playing. So I think it's a good move for him personally. And I think it's a good move for both teams, but who knows? Who knows how the Jets are feeling about him? How are the Jets feeling about him, Stan? What do you, what do you think? So I've been I've been a big Mims fan since day one. Josh, you remember this? Out of his class, he was actually the guy I was most excited to see, and he's definitely had you know some issues, injuries, uh, sm- smaller ones, but things like that over the years. And I think with him, it's it's really important to ask the questions of what is he going to be for the Lions? You know, is he going to be a guy who's going to take you guys into the playoffs? And the Lions, I could I could actually see them making the playoffs. Could he bring you into a Super Bowl and and have you know a good amount of caliber there? I don't think so. I don't think that's him who's going to do that, at least. But can he be a quiet guy who's going to sit on, who sit on the bench, come off the bench sometimes, make bigger plays in, in games, and really help you guys as a wide receiver room? I think so. Um, the reason why Mims never worked for us is because we never really needed him too much on the wide receiver uh, in the wide receiver room. Um, and the year we did need him, when we did need him the most, he was injured. So it was just a it was an issue of timing, I think. Uh, for Mims, you know, as you said, he's yeah, he's a, he's a big pick he's a second round pick for a wide receiver second round picks tend to be pretty good so i do think he has that potential i do think he can turn into something um it just didn't really work so much on the jets so i am excited to see him on the lions and that gives me one more reason to watch the lions they, they are actually one of the teams i'm really excited for this season um and yeah I, I i do think you guys really made a good decision to get him uh and we made a good decision good decision moving on for him because we were not going to be able to give him the amount of snaps he, he really needs. He needs at this point of his career to be able to progress. So you said he was one of your favorite wide receivers coming out of that draft class. That was a stacked wide receiver draft class. Both um, He was a 2020 rookie, I believe. So T. Higgins, you've got Justin Jefferson, both those guys off the top of my head that I can think of in that draft class. Um, so Denzel Mims was like your guy that you were paying attention to over. Um, let me rephrase that. I meant from that draft class for the Jets, he was my favorite. Oh, okay. Player. Okay. So from everyone the Jets got that year, uh, he was the one I really thought was going to turn into something more than anyone else. Okay. Um, and I, I do think from, I mean, yeah, there there were obviously a lot of great wide receivers there. But as a Jets fan, obviously, I'm looking. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at Denzel Mims. I was going to say, that's some pretty high praise there, putting him above T. Higgins and Justin Jefferson. But, uh, Charles, what did you think of the trade? Um, I mean, I, I think it could, you know, I, as Stan said, I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot of room in the uh, wide receiver area for the Jets. I feel like they've been running a lot with other guys and whatnot, and I feel like whatever their scheme is going on down in uh, New York, I, I feel like they, they've got it on – under wraps and under control. So I, I really feel like, you know, Mims going to the Lions could really, you know, benefit the Lions who are also trying to make a push. And with also just different acquisitions for the Jets, I feel like Mims wasn't really needed in New York anymore. So although, although don't get me wrong, I think he would have still been some sort of asset in New York. I feel like it just makes more sense that he is in Detroit. But 
I mean, yeah. I, I, I really am just kind of neutral on the whole thing because, I mean, it's just – I mean, I feel like it's going to – I feel like it'll benefit – I feel like it'll benefit Detroit more. But we'll see if it really pushes them to, like, a jump start because what was the Lions record last year? It was, like, what, 9-8? and eight? Mm, I, I feel – Because like... they didn't make playoffs, but they almost did. So no. I, I don't remember – they, yeah, it is nine and eight. You're right. They yeah. Won. So they they finished out and like they didn't make it though because right. they, I remember the Jaguars on the AFC side did and they finished nine and eight, but on the NFC side the Lions finished nine and eight and they didn't make it. And so I feel like I don't know if Mims would be the guy to get the Lions over that hump to like a ten and seven or like an eleven and six, but I think he still might be a key part in some games being won i feel like there's more to just one guy than it's not like he's some sort of like 100 percent game changer i mean like don't get me wrong jared goff is great but like if you brought in like a patrick mahomes to the lions then all of a sudden voila yeah i think the lions would go 14 and 3 or whatever so yeah i mean the thing the thing i think about looking at the trade is the New York Jets currently have like every receiver that has ever put on a Green Bay Packers jersey, plus all of the people that they drafted. Well, yeah, you also, yeah, I mean, you kind of forget about and, that, but you know, yeah. Allen and all of those guys are over there now too. Yeah, Allen, you got Garrett, you've got all these people. Dalvin Cook is a running back, but he's allegedly going over there, and that's another big thing. Um, but you look at the Lions wide receiver depth chart, and they have like nobody. They have Marvin Jones Jr. I think is still there. <laughs> Marvin Jones who Jr. used to play for the Bengals. <laughs> yeah. I think he's like a 2011 rookie or something like that. So he's been in the league oh, yeah. for a while. Um, then you've got he's been on the Lions for a while. Yeah, I think he was on the Jaguars yeah. too for a bit, but I think he's still on the Lions. Um, yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown is obviously your wide receiver one, your stud guy up there. And I think what Denzel Mims does is even if he's not a super athletic player, if he's, he's not this, like, stud player, he's a guy that is young, he's big, as uh, Avocado talked about, Mr. Rookie over there, he's a big guy, he's and he's someone, three. yeah, he's someone you're going to have to put a defender on. You're not just going to be able to ignore him. And that allows for the Lions to do more with Amon Ra because then he's not necessarily being double-covered every snap. In, in my opinion, I think your strategy then gets opened up a bit more. And Dan Campbell is really going to enjoy doing that and not having to figure out how to get Amon Ra open because Amon Ra isn't Megatron who can have three guys on him at the same time and still catch the ball. But I, I think it's a great trade. I think it's good for both sides. I don't think either side really gave up too much uh both gave up conditional picks i think the jets got a sixth round conditional pick and the lions got a seventh round conditional pick with denzel mims so yeah not too much there i mean i don't know stan if you have or avocado if you guys have any other thoughts we can move on from there but that was my thought process i think you both made really good points the the one thing i i would add is uh alvarado mentioned uh special teams, and that is one thing that Mims actually struggled a little bit in. The Jets did try to bring him in there, but he really struggled to uh, get uh, really aggressive there, which with special teams, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to being aggressive and reading the field. 
And in those two things, Mims did kind of stutter a little bit. That he, he did not seem very natural there. Um, I do hope he can make it work on the Lions. Uh, you know, for you, uh, that was one of the reasons why we weren't able to bring him on our roster too often. Because if you if you're talking about like a fourth, fifth, a sixth wide receiver on a roster, if they can't do special teams, there's not really a whole lot there. So that was one thing for the Jets that just didn't work out. Now for you know, as, as Josh pointed out, you know, for you guys, he could be maybe a, maybe a much higher, you know, wide receiver three, something to that effect. And in that type of role, if he's just playing wide receiver, it makes perfect sense. So I do think I do think it'll be a great fit for you guys. I'm excited to watch. What did you think about that Alvarado, avocado? Yeah, or, I'm really curious to see how he's going to fit into this team, both on and off the field, how he gets along with the rest of the guys. And, you know, a bit of it is a bit – now it's more so I feel that Mims is at a point in his career where he really has to put his money where his mouth is. You know, he was a second-round pick in 2020, uh, three years later now, going on to almost, I believe, three to four seasons later. It's Now it's either time for him to shine or – Will it be the point of his career where he becomes a flop and just kind of rides the bench the rest of the season? So we'll have to wait and see, but it's a good season to look forward to. Okay. So interesting points. Good, Very good points, I think. Um, maybe someone in the comment section will get mad at one of you. Uh, but I think I think mm. you both have I mean, I, I get hate from Anthony when I dislike Anthony Richardson. You get so hate I mean, never, for everything. Everything. You, yeah. The thing is, they don't comment. They just text me because they're people that I know. They're like, that dude's an idiot. Well, except for that one time we got that angry comment about Anthony Richardson. <laughs> yeah. But I had I had a guy mm-hmm. who lives here in town who listens to the show, which thank you. But, yeah, he texted me. He was like, this dude has no idea what he's talking about. He, he just hates the Colts for no reason. But uh, yeah. No, I actually respect the Colts heavily. I just <laughs> – don't think Anthony Richardson is that good. And that's just the end of the, the day. I mean, according to uh, fantasy NFL trending news, Anthony Richardson took all of the QB1 snaps during training camp. So you almost kind of have to confirm that he will be in a good spot. I kind of wanted QB1. to see I kind of wanted to see Gardner play, but I rather see Gardner play personally, but also uh, I, I love Gardner Minshew to death, but homie does not have a very good win record <laughs> so like i think he has what a total of like maybe two wins three wins yeah it's not a lot but. um so i guess stan you said before we started the show you are 20 percent a giants fan unless they make the playoffs then you are all in on the giants if the jets don't make it that was your qualifier if the giants yeah. make it and the jets don't you are a, a giants fan in the playoffs yeah. So uh, kind of one of the big names regarding the whole running back controversy about running backs not being paid. One of the spearheads there was Saquon Barkley. Was Saquon Barkley going to sit out? Um, He didn't like that he was franchise tagged. He refused to sign his franchise tag. And now he has signed a uh, one-year $11 million contract that includes $2 million signing bonus. So uh, what did you think about that move for the Giants? Do you like that move? Do you think he's worth more? Do you think they overpaid for Daniel Jones and now they're underpaying for Saquon Barkley? I think both. I think he could be worth more. <laughs> I think in a, in a perfect role for him, if he can stay healthy, uh, he's one of the best, if not, like I don't think he's a top three if he's healthy in the league, top three running back. But he's had so many issues with injuries 
And that is, you know, with that conversation of are running backs getting paid fairly in the NFL, that's what it comes down to, injuries. You know, you're throwing your body into 300-pound guys pretty much every single snap. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be normal wear and tear. And age is going to have way more of a factor on you than other positions. So when you look at Saquon, is he an amazing athlete? Is he, you know, one of the best at his position? Yes. But is he worth that amount of money? It's hard to say. For the Giants, I think he is. Because the Giants, one, their fan base loves him, right? Their locker room loves him. Everyone respects him. He has a lot of respect in that locker room. And he's done a decent job of avoiding controversy. Uh, when you look at a lot of these other big-name players, uh, he's kind of been way more disciplined. So I do think for the Giants, you kind of need to keep him. If you have to throw a little bit extra money, do it. You know, He is a big part of your team. The question is, will he stay healthy? And if he doesn't, if this is you know the, his last year with the Giants, uh, are we going to look at a situation like Dalvin Cook where now no one really knows where he is, no one really knows what level he's at? Will he be kind of like what, you know, remember Le'Veon Bell, that type of situation where just kind of all of a sudden falls off? Um, it's really unclear with running backs, and that's why the, his payments work out the way they do work out. Um, and, and, you know, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. I hope he does well. Um, I do I do like the Giants. The only time I don't like the Giants, and I'm completely against them is when they play the Jets. But besides that, I do like the, the franchise a lot. They were my first favorite team uh, until I switched to the Jets. So <laughs> I, I hope I hope it works out for him, and I hope it works out for the Giants. I'm not too confident in that, just because injuries are going to be a big part of this conversation, and especially because the Giants depend so heavily on him for their offense to run, for Daniel Jones to look good. Um, that I think there is a risk of him getting overplayed and pushed a little bit too hard and having another injury. Okay. So, and I'm going to ask you to comment on the general running back situation first, and Alvarado, you'll also be allowed to comment on it as well if you have anything to say or if you know about it. I don't know how much research you've done into that. Possibly none. You're shaking your head no, so I'm going to guess you don't know much. That's fine. But you mentioned Le'Veon Bell, and so just kind of grimaced. I'm going to bring up this Le'Veon Bell quote that he said today or yesterday, I believe, um, from Dov Kleiman, who was reporting it. And he said it on, I don't know what podcast he said it on, but he said, Daniel Jones, he's in the bottom tier. He's in the bottom tier of NFL quarterbacks, Bell stated. He's not mediocre. There are average quarterbacks. He's in the bottom tier. I'm not here trying to talk bad about Daniel Jones. I'm just trying to be real for everyone who's hearing it. He's in the bottom tier where Saquon Barkley is in the top tier of his position running back. So how does that make sense? So basically how is Daniel Jones making, I think 45 million a year and Saquon is making only 11 million a year. And why do you think Bell's still salty about uh, the whole, his whole situation with the Steelers and, I know Chuss has his comments about that, but do you think um, Saquon is more of a key piece for the Giants offense than what Daniel Jones is? No. Uh, <laughs> quite simply, no. It's, this is the way I think about it. Uh, this, is where I, this is what I thought about when I heard uh, Bell's quote. So, would you rather pay $50 for a below average steak or $50 for the best scrambled eggs in the world. I'm paying for that below average steak because steak is steak. Scrambled eggs, they could be great, but they're not steak. For the NFL to work, for, for an NFL team to have a good offense, 
you don't really need amazing scramble legs. You need good steak. Quarterback is a much more valuable position. Um, the fact that Saquon is much better at being a running back is fine, but even even the best running backs don't even take the majority of their snaps, or, or all of their snaps. The best running backs still are only taking, what, 70 80% of snaps? Quarterbacks, even the worst quarterbacks are their starting quarterback. They're taking every single snap for that offense. It's a very big difference there. I think Bell is uh, in the wrong uh, for his comment. I think it shows a little bit of a lack of foresight there. So, Chuss, as the official Steelers fan of the podcast, what do you think about Le'Veon Bell's comments and scrambled eggs and steak? Um, yeah, the steak, the, the steak, the steak is uh, a good, a good analogy um, to this current conversation. But in my opinion, I don't necessarily think that. I mean, I, I do feel like Le'Veon Bell was being real. You know, I, I think he was being real in a sense, you know. I mean, I don't think Daniel Jones is some, you know, bottom-tier quarterback. I mean, I think he's decent. But I don't necessarily – like, as me and Josh – as me and you talked about, like, you know, in the show a couple weeks ago, the running back game is very different than how it was, you know, even five, ten years ago. Because nowadays you get young guys coming up and then once the young guys are done per se like these rookies they roll through you know 25 26 years of age you know they cut them and they just get fresh guys it's it's really just you know just you know take and dump Mm -hmm. and so yes they are very skilled but for example you have you know saquon barkley has a lot of injuries he's only 26 you know i think the one-year deal isn't bad but i wouldn't extend him any longer than three years if i were the giants if at all because of his injury background granted there was a lot to that you know they were overusing Saquon there wasn't really a whole team for the Giants it was just Saquon 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 to the point where Saquon hurt himself I I think Le'Veon Bell it's very interesting that he's been a lot more in these news and podcasts more recently after that you know Steelers video he's like I should have never left and whatever so I I don't know I just I mean I I don't think you know I don't think he meant any like harm by it necessarily I think he was just stating his opinion because you know some people consider Daniel Jones a lot higher of a quarterback than bottom tier I wouldn't consider him bottom tier personally I would probably consider him probably like I guess middle tier maybe a little lower than middle tier but I mean I don't think he's like garbage you know I think that I think there's definitely some worse quarterbacks out there that have very not good win percentages that are not Gardner Minshew because Gardner Minshew is freaking amazing. And I love Gardner Minshew. (laughs) If I could clarify my position, I do think that Bell is correct on saying that Daniel Jones is not, you know, an average quarterback. I do think he's below average, but uh, you know, as a Jets fan, I wish we had a below average quarterback last season. You know, if we had Daniel Jones, I do think we would have made a playoffs. Uh, There were quite a few games where we just couldn't get the offense running. And we had good running backs. We had plenty of good running backs. Um, but the lack of having just a AOK uh, quarterback, that's what uh, hurt us in, in the long run. So I think when I said he lacks foresight, I meant that more that his interpretation that a top-tier running back should get paid more than a below-average quarterback, I think that is where uh, what I was referring to. Okay. So, I, Al- Alvarado, do you have anything to say on that? I know you're – this is above my skill level. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he's, he's learning as we go. Um, um, real quick, though, we need, I think we need to make a, a tier list on quarterbacks because 
because there's average and then below average and then there's got to be something below average like something's got to be lower than below average and i really think that that's probably going to be um trash but but stan decided to leave Uh, we lost stan (laughs) stan the jump fan he was like stan was very offended by what Le'Veon bell had to say regarding daniel jones called him scrambled eggs man that was that was funny. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Think, we'll see. I, we'll, I guess we'll see if he comes back. So you but... think there is below, ap- below, below average? Like something below average. I'm not saying below, below average. I'm saying like you go like superior, amazing, you know, good, average, below average, and then like trash. So who is the face of the trash tier? the trash the face of the trash yeah like yeah like when you think of trash quarterbacks who is like the first one to come to mind for you um that isn't a backup because zach wilson zach well zach wilson's (laughs) a backup well at one point he was a starter okay freaking mills then mills is bad davis mills Mills. he's also a back you just named two backups okay then what do you want me to do all these rookies i know nothing about these rookies you named two starters I know, but like, but if I say Anthony Richardson's trash, everyone's gonna be like, he's not trash. And honestly, they do have a point right now because although I think he's trash and I still do, in the end, he hasn't started and played a game yet. So I really don't have anything to say about him. I was referring back to the the season before because that's what we can. We don't really know who's gonna start and who's not. Where... I, I remember this time last year, they thought Mason Rudolph could start over Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. Where's Kenny Pickett on your tier list? On my tier list, yeah, I would say he's probably average. Okay, be just because I mean we've seen him one season, and I mean, still made a playoff push. I mean, he shows promise, but I wouldn't say he's like uh, in my like in my heart he is superior. But on the field, I think he is at the at, right now. I think he's average. So, but, then... I, but I think it gives a season to develop. Just because, like, I mean, last season it wasn't some impressive you know rookie season it wasn't like a ben roethlisberger season where you went like 15 and one or whatever it was so then where's jared goff jared goff yeah d tier c tier <laughs> the, the problem i have with goff too is he's like around the same i feel like he's also average okay because he's not like I mean, I could I could push it and say he's below average, but he's had enough games where like he has had two hundred and three hundred yard passing games where like it's been like huge games and big wins. But in my opinion, um, I mean, with Jared Goff, I mean, then again, you have like things where like you know, for example, he had the Rams, he had them in the Super Bowl, they lose thirteen to three. That <laughs> like, was a terrible that, Super Bowl. Th- that like, was a terrible Super Bowl. All... And like, I get it's defense, but like, how do you not move the ball? No, that was that was just. Both sides. That was yeah. Jared Goff, though, very quietly had a very good season last year. He had the best he touchdown did. to interception uh, ratio in the NFL last year. And I mean, overall, I think he's average, but I think if you're basing it off of just last season, I think he's probably maybe above average or probably, like, good. Yeah, well, I did have another question for Stan the Jet fan, but he decided to dip, so I guess we're uh, moving on from there. Okay. Um, Is that going to be where Rodgers lands on the tier list? Well, no, it was going to be – he, he kind of mentioned Zach Wilson and how he's below average. And I was going to ask him how he feels about Zach Wilson kind of just sitting back and he's watching Aaron Rodgers and he seems to be getting along with Aaron Rodgers. And um, 
since Rodgers is probably only going to play two seasons, how he feels about maybe giving Zach Wilson a second shot after Aaron Rodgers. But he's not here. So, I don't yeah, know. we really can't. Yeah, I mean, I think Chuss would probably say, screw Zach Wilson. He sucks. Go find someone else. But no, I would say screw Zach Wilson. Go find somebody else. That's a that's a good. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I guess we can. I don't know if Stan's coming back or not. I don't know what happened. But no, uh, I didn't get a text from him. He didn't text anybody. I, didn't, I, didn't I don't either. know if he texted any of you guys, but dude, I Stan. He he's he's an enigma. He honestly. mentioned he, he mentioned steak and scrambled eggs and got hungry, and so we left. Yeah, maybe he's maybe he's making a trip out to IKEA to maybe. get some good steak. He's on his way here for all I know. Uh, oh yeah, maybe he's maybe he's beating you up for something. Uh let's let's do this real quick, because I, I want Mr. Avocado to be able to talk some. So are there any questions you have about what's going on around the league? Is there anything that like we've talked about either in text, because we're all in a group text together, or just other stuff that you're just like, I have no idea what this means. Explain oh, this no. to me. I thought it was the funny thing you mentioned about burrow earlier which oh, i thought was the you want to talk about that we, we want to talk about that okay so yeah no trust was probably happy he was probably like yes don't have to deal with this guy um so joe burrow training camp literally i believe this time july 26th he was in the hospital july 26th of last year he was in the hospital healing from an appendectomy and some reporter Asked him, are you glad that you're not in a hospital bed this year and, like, you can actually have a full offseason without any injury, no COVID, no appendectomy, no, none of that. And he said, yes, I'm glad. Knock on wood. Literally the next day, Joe Burrow, he gets injured. And here's how ESPN sent out the push notification. It was something along the lines of, Joe Burrow suffers non-contact injury at practice, non-contact leg injury at practice, carted off field. Which, to most people who read that and have been following football for a while and have seen a lot of injuries. Achilles tear. Yeah, that means a leg tendon tear and they're done for the season. You're, you ain't seeing the field this year. Which means Trevor Simeon is our quarterback for the year. Trevor Simeon. Yeah. All right. And Let's so go. Broncos levit Broncos legend Trevor Simeon. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's Broncos legend. Oh, Stan just texted me. He said, I had 25% and thought that it would last the episode, but I think the video killed my battery. If you're still discussing stuff that I can be relevant to, let me know and I can get back on. Um, I mean, if he wants to join back in, I mean, I'm sure we could get him a question or just ask for his opinion anyway. Yeah, that, that's funny. Um, anyway, so Joe Burrow, yeah. So we get that. I'm like, shoot. And I was, I was at work. I was actually doing a camera operation downtown. And so I, I got that. And so I hopped on Twitter real quick because I wanted to see the video. And I got the video. And it, it was like. No, he, he has a calf strain. That was what I said. And then uh, Chad Ochocinco, Chad Orthocinco, he uh, 
hopped on and he was like, guys, it's going to be okay. Just a calf strain. I was like, okay, me and Chad Johnson agree. So that's all we need. Um, but I do believe that the entire city of Cincinnati did die for at least one minute when that ESPN notification came through because that was terrifying for me and I'm not even in Cincinnati and um, I've been getting texts, DMs, messages from all sorts of people. I actually just got another one from one of my friends who was like, how do you feel about Joe Burrow being out? And I was like, he's not going to be out because he has a calf strain. It was hot out and he was dehydrated and he hurt his calf, but he'll be okay. So he's just going to take it slow for a few weeks. Maybe uh, sit down for some contract negotiations and uh, we'll re-sign him. We'll re-sign T. Higgins. We got Trey Hendrickson. No one's leaving Cincinnati. We're, we're just going to re-sign all of them. It's going to be okay. Knock on wood for that one. I'm going to knock on wood specifically because I think this might actually be a perfect knock on wood moment for it to not work. Who's leaving? Who do you think's leaving? Uh, I don't think T. Higgins actually extended. You don't think T? Oh, T is one that I'm like just waiting. For. Well, I well, think... if T does extend, do you think that you can fully extend Jamar? Yes. Because Jamar arguably is better than T. Jamar is better than T. And I think T would yes. agree with that. But uh, we're going to be okay. Well, the I know only... that Tyler, uh, Tyler Boyd's Tyler, Tyler is one we're going to lose, which that's fine because by the time – his contract's up. I think he will be in the league for 10 years. So. Well, he'll also be like, oh, like in his like, early, he'll be 30s. Yeah. And the Bengals don't like to give contracts past 30. So that's just expected. But Tyler Boyd is. How long do you, how long is he signed for? He's signed until oh, next year. This is his last season. So. Yeah, he has. He's on a four. Jeez, he's on an eight point four million dollar base salary. Whew. And then he'll be an unrestricted free agent next year at the age of thirty. Yeah, so he's probably not going to get so, signed. But that's fine. That's fine. Um, Tyler Boyd to the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, oh no, oh no. That would be really awesome. That would be terrible. Former well, Pitt legend Tyler Boyd. Moving on. Moving on from this heresy. Hail to pit. Hail to pit. Keep going. Screw pit. Uh, Justin Herbert resigned his, uh, or he got extended. Very surprising. We thought that he was going to wait for Joe Burrow to get extended. He became the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I did a video on this by myself, why I think it is a good signing for the LA Chargers. Um, I don't know if you disagree with me, Chas, or if Avocado, if you disagree with me. For any reason, but for the sake of arguing, <laughs> yeah, for the sake of arguing, I don't know. I mean, it's a five-year, two hundred and sixty-two point five million dollar deal, um, which makes him the second quarterback of the twenty twenty class to sign a huge extension. Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts signed a five-year, two hundred fifty-five million dollar extension in April, and uh, Burrow has not signed yet. So, waiting on Burrow. I don't think Burrow's going to end up being the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. But... Probably not. But not not because he isn't more talented. I just think that the Bengals are trying to keep everybody, and I think they're just trying to I th- orchestrate a plan there. I so. think he takes a pay cut. I don't think we would have extended Trey Hendrickson if they weren't confident that they could keep T. 
That's why I think T is being kept. Because I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that he's not. I just I I don't know because there, there, remember there is a lot to your team than just those players. Because remember, know, you know. you do have to. Yeah, but... You know, but we'll see. Um, but when it comes to the Justin Herbert signing, I know me and you briefly talked about it, Josh. It's not that I I don't think it's bad. I just don't really like they signed him to a heavy extension with like he, he, how is he gonna win games in my opinion why, why and do the you reason think... i yeah. i don't think they can win games still like i don't think they're like a caliber team where you know you, you you spend a big contract on justin herbert but you know you have some older like you have like you have some decent wide receivers don't get me wrong but like Austin Eckler at one point, didn't he want traded? So yeah, Austin Eckler, interesting. That's an interesting point you brought up. So he's also been another big spearhead for the running back issues. He actually mm-hmm. uh, brought together a Zoom call of all the running backs. And this is some background information for you, Avocado, as to what's going on. He had like all the high tier running backs like Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, I think Saquon, Derrick Henry, those guys were all on this Zoom call talking about the issues and what they're facing. And um, Austin Eckler made, I think, a very good point. I've always been an Austin Eckler fan. He seems like a very genuinely nice guy. Um, He wanted more money for his position and what he was doing because he was being handed the ball a lot. And he pointed out they didn't want to pay him but then when he requested a trade, they wanted, like, first-round picks for him. So yeah. he was like, hmm. you're not valuing me as a high – a player worthy of being paid, but you're valuing me as worth a first-round pick. That doesn't make sense. So that was why he didn't get traded. He wanted to get traded. I think he did end up signing with the Chargers and is going to play for them as of now, but – Sounds like we're going to get a little running back union going pretty soon. If uh, I know Josh Jacobs is sitting out. Zeke isn't signed anywhere. Saquon is uh, just signed. It doesn't it – just off to, it doesn't say that he signed anything. Okay, maybe he hasn't. I thought he did. Because he's been sport, at camp, though. What is it, spot rack or whatever? Spot rack. They usually have really good things. It says okay. he's only up until 2024. But, yeah, I mean, he's still doing – obviously, he's not going to sit out like his uh, – his boy Melvin Gordon did, but yeah. um, before Austin Eckler ended up starting. But nonetheless, I feel like the problem is over in LA is you have the weapons right at your your fingertips. Why don't you try to get them signed too, or try to like I don't know work with getting maybe even younger players? You know, I mean, you still have Keenan Allen on your roster. Austin Eckler is also twenty nine, so I, I get why they may want to move on from him. But I also don't think you know being like in your late twenties early 30s because i feel like with the running backs it like becomes 30 and older i feel like really is where you struggle with running backs because then that's like where your body really starts taking a toll because at that point you've been doing it for you know six years or seven years or however long of just running into those big men so in my opinion i i think i think it's a good signing but i mean granted the Chargers really haven't done much in playoffs either with Justin Herbert in the backfield. So, I mean, I can see why it's bad, but I can also see why it's good because there is a ton of potential in the next five years. You know, if they make the right choices, they make the right signings, the right drafts. But, like, 
I don't know. I think it's too hard to tell. And I wouldn't jump the gun too much on it being like a horrible signing because we really don't know yet. I mean, there's, there's a lot to be said and I, who knows what could happen. But you ever think about this real quick? I don't know. I was just thinking about this. This probably won't be in our lifetime, but like in another lifetime, like, you know, once we pass on, you know, these quarterbacks are probably going to be getting billion dollar contracts. That was at some point. I don't know if you, because at its finest, what? Because like, what? What is its finest? I said inflation at its finest. Oh, Oh, inflation. I just, because when you think of like Patrick Mahomes already had that, what, $500 million deal a couple years ago or whatever. Wasn't that right, Josh? It was like 500 mil, and then it got like reconstructed a little bit. Yeah, I don't really remember too much of the details of it, but I just remember it was like a blockbuster signing, and I it was like, it but was... it was half a billion. It was a half a billion dollars. Yeah, it was five. That's crazy. But it's across ten years. I know, but still, like, there's gonna be a time where, like, because baseball's already done some like really close, where it'd be like 920 million dollar contracts over like 12, 13 years, whereas like in in the NFL, I feel like at some point, you know, not like anytime soon, I'm not saying the next 10 years, but probably within, by the time, like, you know, we have great grandkids or grandkids or something. I feel like these contracts are going to be close to billion dollar contracts. And if we don't see it, they're going to be, we're going to be dead. But uh, we're talking, Stan, currently, we're currently talking about how cool it would, or how crazy it's going to be that someday we may not witness it, but that some NFL quarterbacks are going to be paid billions of dollars. Well, like billion, so like one billion dollar contracts to address Chuss's point that he just made about the different, the rising in contracts in that video, I went into two things that, so Justin Herbert's playoff record, people say Justin Herbert blew a 27 point lead. Justin Herbert did not blow a 27 point lead because Justin Herbert does not play defense. Justin Herbert put up 30 points against the Jaguars, which is enough to win a game. The Chargers defense decided to let Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars score 28 points, and they lost that lead 30-31 to at the end. Also, um, fun fact for you, Stan, actually, even after the pay cut, if these numbers were updated and correct, um... Aaron Rodgers is the only quarterback this year, as of now, who is still in the top five highest-paid quarterbacks and was in the top five highest-paid quarterbacks last year. So that's why looking at Justin Herbert's contract, yes, right now he's the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. But next year I don't think he'll even be in the top five, and if he is, he'll be fifth. Um because you're going to have more signings. You're going to have Burrow. You're probably going to have some guys rework their contracts. Trevor Lawrence is probably going to get some decent money. A lot of people are hyped over Justin Fields. For, I don't know why, but he might Justin get, Fields. He might yeah, get, he might Justin get some, Fields. He might get some decent money. I mean, you're going to have guys that uh, I think – that's why I think – I mean, Patrick Mahomes isn't even in the top five. And I think he's the only quarterback in the NFL – who's a starter right now with multiple Super Bowl rings. And he's not even in the top five highest paid quarterbacks. So making him the highest paid now looks really smart in four years when you're paying your elite, assuming he stays on the same caliber. It looks really smart when you're paying that guy average. He's getting paid what maybe rookies will be making in a few years. I mean, think about it, though. Like, I was just thinking about this. 
there are a ton of this this NFL these quarterbacks there are a lot of them are really young like because you're talking about like these I I don't know why but you were like oh multi Super Bowls and I was like thinking about it I'm like dang we're like dominated by all these like young bucks there's no old guys anymore they all retired no Aaron does Aaron Rodgers doesn't have multiple Super Bowls and Super Bowls are hard to get and especially when you were playing with Tom Brady who went to 10 of them and won seven of them so well he's about to Aaron Rodgers is about to have multiple he's about to oh, okay okay you, do you think do you think that they're gonna win back-to-back Super Bowls in uh, New York Stan uh, no I'm, I'm I'm mostly I mean obviously as, as Josh said, the Super Bowl is very hard to come by yeah. I think this year I, I'd be really happy if we made the I think we'll definitely make the playoffs I'd be really happy if we made uh, the AFC championship and uh if we don't make the Super Bowl after that, I'm, I, I don't think that's going to be a failure for the Jets or Rodgers. For the Jets right now, we have so many young, amazing talents. So the fact that they haven't been able to make the playoffs is already upsetting. Uh, all of these young guys are going to need contracts soon. And I think we really realistically have about two or three more seasons with this current group of this young core before a lot of those guys are going to have to move on just because we don't have the money to keep all of them. So I think these next two, three years for the Jets will be a really good time to hopefully make a few play, uh, Super Bowl runs. And if one of them works out, I'll be more than ecstatic. Uh, and I, do think, I do think there's a decent chance that Rodgers can lead us. Uh, maybe not this year because it, it can be a little bit of a hard transition, but at least next year towards that Super Bowl ring. So, yeah, the Jets, first of all, they just need to get a 4,000-yard passing for, that isn't named Joe Namath in Super Bowl three. So if Aaron Rodgers can do that, he's already making Jets history, which I think he will. Um, the other thing, the reason I had you come back is because I did have a question for you regarding Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson. Uh, so Zach Wilson is currently this year. I've got to make sure I explain this right. Aaron Rodgers' contract is backloaded. So right now this year, Zach Wilson is making more than Aaron Rodgers is. Also, Zach Wilson sucked last year. This is true. <laughs> um, <laughs> but at training camp this year, it seems like he's really taken a liking to Aaron, and Aaron's taking a liking to him, and Aaron understands that he's partially there to help Zach Wilson get better, help Zach Wilson learn the game. And I think Zach Wilson is listening based on what I've read, based on what I've seen. Um, he's kind of realized that, this is a very special situation for him. This is what a lot of kids dream about growing up, you know, being mentored by a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback and just being there to watch and learn from them. So when Aaron retires in two or th- three seasons, maybe, uh, would you be willing as a Jets fan, as Stan the Jet fan, to the Jet, the Jet fan? Uh, get give Zach Wilson a second shot. Give him uh, the post Aaron Rodgers shot. Do you think he should be worth that? Hundred percent. I, I want him to. In fact, I think. I mean, my mentality is with these with these quarterback rooms is even though you have Aaron Rodgers, if Zach Wilson does play better, if he does perform better, he should start. Now, I'm not very confident in that happening, <laughs> but in let's say Zach Wilson somehow overperforms 
and you know through his, through his preseason games, he's he's looking like a prime Tom Brady. I will one hundred percent be down for him starting over Rodgers. Now with with Wilson, uh, he's actually had a pretty good working relationship with Rodgers even before Rodgers came to New York. Um, we had a joint uh, uh, training camp with them, I believe last last preseason. Um, and Rodgers and Wilson did talk a lot. There were a lot of uh, conversations they had together. And Wilson said afterwards that it was one of the best experiences of his uh, pro career. So clearly Wilson has always respected Rodgers, um, especially since that joint uh, training training camp. So I think they do have a good relationship, and hopefully that can lead on into them being able to push each other. Um, for Wilson, I think he does need that competition. I think one thing, if you remember from last preseason, that I, I was very upset with, was that Robert Sala said that Wilson is going to be guaranteed the starter, which I was against. And I, th- I said, Chris Trebler, you know, he, he played very well. Why not give him a fair shot at starting? Um, I think that was one of the issues with the management and with the coaching staff from last season. And we all saw how that worked out. So that mentality, I think that has to go away with Wilson and, and the Jets in general. If Wilson does perform better, sure. And I, I do think Wilson needs the competition more than anything else. Because with the Jets, he's been kind of this this golden boy since he came into the building. So let's see him compete. Let's see him try and, and try to outplay uh, Aaron Rodgers. And I, I, I have no doubt that he is because, if anything, Wilson has still always had a very competitive mentality. So I am excited to see this. I'm excited to see them go against each other. And I do think that with these next two seasons, with Wilson sitting in the background and you know watching one of the best players to ever touch a football do it in the same building as him, I think it's going to be a, a great learning experience for him. One thing with Wilson, too, is the two things he struggles with the most, in my opinion, are his ability to read the field. And secondly, his ability to uh, – I'm trying to get the term for this, but uh, like decision-making, you know, know, knowing when to drop back, knowing when to leave the pocket, knowing when to throw the ball out. You know, um, Those things are well, where Rodgers shines the most. Rodgers is not the most athletic guy. He's obviously very old. Uh, but Rodgers has an ability to read the field that goes way beyond uh, the average NFL quarterback, clearly. Uh, so Wilson being able to learn from someone who has been able to make it work without those physical talents that Wilson does have, I think this will be a good uh, opportunity for him. Okay. So, yeah, that was, that was all I had for you. Hopefully uh, Alvarado realizes how insane it would be, though, if Zach Wilson somehow outperforms Aaron Rodgers at training camp. I think if you know Aaron Rodgers, what I think we could also, you know, what I think would be the funniest. Well, not funniest, but I think what would be unfortunate for the Jets is if Rodgers were to get injured, and now you have to once again depend on the man, the myth, the legend, the eighty-yard man against one of the teams. I don't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Ravens or Patriots, but the eighty-yard man throwing guy, big man Zach Wilson. He legendary just, just keeps player finding his well, way into that starting position we also have he'll Tim never Moore, leave so. dude he's probably gonna be like 64 and he'll be like a quarterback's coach for the jets i don't think that dude's ever leaving New York. he's gonna be like burt reynolds in the adam sandler version of the longest yard where he's just like i'm going in <laughs> tired of this <laughs> um yeah so that that was really all i had for you thank you for coming back after your phone or whatever died but yeah, that would be. If Zach How do you Wilson, feel about... what? 
I was going to, I was going to change topics briefly, but continue. I was just going to say, if Zach Wilson does that, I'll buy a Zach Wilson Jersey. Cause that is, that's stupid, insane. And he's going to have the starting position for the rest of his career. If that's what he pulls off. What do you got Chuss? I was just going to say, I think we forgot to mention it, but with, you know, us nearing almost close to an hour, I did want to mention that, uh, Jordan Addison did go 150. I was going to bring uh, that up for you. I know you wanted to mention that. I just think it's kind of funny. I I guess he didn't learn from Henry Ruggs III. Okay, okay, okay. Let's – Henry Ruggs was drunk and stupid. Yeah, but Henry Henry Ruggs also, in fairness to Henry Ruggs compared to Jordan Addison, is Jordan Addison's wasn't drunk, and he was sober just speeding, trying to get to his dog. Henry Ruggs – killed a what killed a lady and her dog yeah he killed a woman and her dog jordan addison was trying to save his dog yeah and then he killed he killed and then henry ruggs instead like was sitting on the sidewalk going no my car oh no my car i can't believe i my i wrecked my car didn't even care at all about the fact that there was a dead dog and a dead woman in the other car exactly so those are those are different now, granted, I it, it, probably he probably still shouldn't have been doing it. Now, oh, sure. listen, I mean, I get I get you were speeding, but um, it, it looked pretty bad. I, I don't know. I'm guessing he got cited. I, I guess he got a citation or like a traffic ticket or whatever. He was going like um, 150 and like a 55, so that's like that's 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 rec- over that's double reckless. the speed yeah. limit. So he um, could have been arrested. He could have because that is really bad. Because, like, if you're going 100 miles over the speed limit, usually that's, like, you know, reckless driving. And they can... He's trying to save the puppy, though, so it's okay. I know, but it, it's very dangerous. That's how the He would have had to get bailed out of jail. His mama wouldn't have liked that. Justin Justin Jefferson would have come and bailed him out. Dude, oh. you, Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson are going to go crazy. Hopefully Jordan Addison can run as fast as he drives. Um, well, I don't think that that could po- physically be able to happen. Jamar Chase can't run 155 miles an hour either. Maybe in your dreams. I feel to. like I feel like in your dreams, Josh, you're just like dreaming about Bengals players, and you're like, "Oh no, I, I'm trapped. I need help." And then Jamar Chase is like the Flash, and he just comes out of nowhere. And he's like, "I will save you." And then Joe Burrow is like Superman or something, and you're just like. Just very, very excited because all these Bengals players are dressed up in superhero costumes and they're saving you from the evil dark lord of Kenny Pickett and everybody else because you hate the Steelers so much that you would rather root for the Browns or the Ravens. I cannot confirm or deny. Well, so, I think I just picked up on that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna end this now before you get too deep into my. Uh, so. Thank you. Here we go, Steelers. Screw Pitt. Screw Pitt. Screw the Steelers. Uh, Thank you for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube at No Butts Show. Our social media pages are No Butts underscore show on Instagram and No Butts Show on TikTok, which Chuss has been given an ultimatum to work on. It's August 11th. I'm going to keep saying that in every show so that he remembers. My Twitter. You told me to work work on the YouTube videos, not the TikTok. Both. Well, they all go together. My Twitter is Josh underscore Butts underscore 2001. And if you would like to reach us, you can email us at bullmoosepodcast2. That's the number two at gmail.com. Finally, our spread shop will be in the description, so check out the merch. Once again, if you enjoyed today's show, like, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, go do something nice for someone.